The Thursday before us is October 22nd, 2020, and this is the 296th day of the year, with 70 remaining. Use them wisely. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of this installment of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newsletter and Newscast. To start today's show, a shout-out to a GoFundMe campaign for my friend Charlene Munford. Charlene is seeking funds to bring her cleaning business to the next level. I hired Charlene for a big job earlier this year, and I'm very satisfied with the work. Take a look at the GoFundMe page to learn more. This morning, the Virginia Department of Health reported another 1,332 cases of COVID-19 in the state, and the seven-day average for positive tests rose to 5%, up from 4.9% on Wednesday. The seven-day daily average for new cases is now at 1,023. For the second day in a row, the Blue Ridge Health District reports 39 new cases, bringing the seven-day average for new cases to 28. Albemarle added 18 cases, Charlottesville reports 7 new cases, and Greene County has 8 new cases. The positivity percentage in the district is 2.3%. The University of Virginia added 15 new cases to its COVID-19 tracker yesterday, all students. The number of active cases is listed at 74, with 54 of them students. 6% of quarantine rooms are now in use, as are 5% of isolation rooms. The Albemarle Board of Supervisors has signaled they will defer a planned increase of the county's property tax rate that had been anticipated for next fiscal year. Supervisors met with the Albemarle School Board in a joint virtual meeting yesterday to get an initial look at the budgetary picture. When the two bodies last met in November 2019, the world was a different place. Jeffrey Richardson is the Albemarle County Executive. Today is the 225th day of our global pandemic in the associated national, state, and local level of emergency. To give a sense of how fast the situation changed, the original title of the budget for the current fiscal year was Expanding Opportunity. The document had to be revised quickly to anticipate the economic shutdown that happened. That included a new name, Respond, Recover, Recalibrate. But how well has the county done? We're looking at it today through a leadership's through a leadership lens of what we learned. And what I would tell these, these boards today is that it is not back to business as usual. We have not recovered and we have not been able to recalibrate, which a part of that has to do with is there structural damage to our economy. The discussion marked the first public presentation by Nelsie Birch, Albemarle's new chief financial officer. She said Albemarle did not adopt a five-year capital improvement program this year because of the financial uncertainty. There was a recommended budget that had to be dramatically shifted and changed, and much of that was pulling back on the operation side and also pausing capital projects. She added that both boards have the opportunity to move some of those projects forward this year. These included the new $21.2 million high school center and a $20.4 million expansion of Crozet Elementary. Another decision in the near future will be how much of an increase teachers and school staff may receive next year. A planned increase scheduled for this year did not go forward because of the changes to the budget. The school board does not have taxing authority, so the Board of Supervisors has to consider this in its budget deliberations. The usual market studies used to help determine compensation are not ready yet. Birch said the pandemic gives supervisors and the school board a chance to do things differently. The bit of good news we have is we don't have to present a budget today. We, all, we do not have to develop a budget today. 
So as we continue to move forward and information um, becomes more available to us, that helps to inform the decisions we need to make in 22, um, that, that, that will help guide um, uh, to, to, to this new reality for FY22. She added that both boards have time to make careful decisions. For more on this subject, read Allison Rabel's story in The Daily Progress. The Albemarle Board of Supervisors has voted to make sure the Planning Commission reviews a controversial rezoning application before it comes back to them later this year. Breezy Hill is a proposed 160-unit development near Glenmore that was recommended for denial by the Planning Commission in July. Developer Southern Development deferred a public hearing and vote by supervisors in September and made some alterations of the project. It had been scheduled to come back to the board in November. Supervisor Donna Price represents the Scottsville Magisterial District. Um, I believe, however, that this particular application carries such significance um, that it would be appropriate for, go, for it to go back through the Planning Commission before it came to the board. Price acknowledged that the delay will add cost to the project, but she wanted the board's land use advisors to weigh in. Supervisor Ann Malik of the Whitehall District agreed. I just think it's helpful to the applicant that they take the time to explain whatever the substantial changes are in which they are proposing so that they have a better chance of getting approval because racing in with the same old stuff is not going to get them anywhere. The item will go to the Planning Commission in November. The pandemic we're in now is a historic echo of the so-called Spanish flu outbreak of 100 years ago. This week, the Albemarle County Historical Society invited the author of a 27 article in the Albemarle County History magazine called The Influenza Pandemic of 1918-1919 in Albemarle County and Charlottesville. Before the recent emergency, there had been no scholarly research into what happened back then. There, there was nothing written about what happened locally, and there's never been a book about what happened in Virginia. That's Adine Cayley, a retired UVA School of Medicine curriculum developer and former editor of Academic Medicine, the Journal of the Association of American Medical College. Cayley said most of her research was based on reviewing hospital logs, something that may not be possible to future scholars for this pandemic due to privacy restrictions in now. We're still in the middle of this pandemic, but reviewing the one from 100 years ago is useful. The pandemic came in three waves, and the first one was a relatively mild uh, form. It lasted about three days. It was quite debilitating. It was very contagious, but it did pass. But right behind it came the virulent form. And that's the one that we think of with the high death counts and um, case counts. Kaylee said 700,000 Americans died in the influenza pandemic a century ago. She estimated that meant about 400 deaths in the Albemarle-Charlottesville area. For an audio version of this discussion, there's a link in the newsletter. Today in meetings, the Places 29 Rio Advisory Committee will convene at 6 p.m., They'll get a briefing on the Albemarle Climate Action Plan. They'll also get an update on the Rio 29 form-based code, which seeks to incentivize multi-story buildings in the area around the intersection of Rio and 29. Recall that the other day, the Albemarle Architectural Review Board saw details for a new look for the Rio Hill Shopping Center. 
The Regional Transit Partnership meets at 4 p.m. for a full meeting with updates on planning grants for area transit agencies, impacts of the pandemic on service, and a discussion of long-term goals. Earlier this month, Charlottesville Area Transit Director Garland Williams gave an update on some of that information to City Council. At 3 p.m., the director of the planned McIntyre Botanical Garden will give an online talk on the status of that project at the center. According to a blurb for the event, the input phase of the garden design process is not complete, and through reaching out to other organizations, we are hoping to gather more feedback to ensure the built garden will represent the hopes and dreams of the entire community. At noon, the Central Virginia Regional Housing Partnership continues a speaker series on navigating affordable housing in the area. Today's talk is on successful regional housing strategies and policies. You can see who the guests are in the newsletter. And that's it for this installment of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newsletter and Newscast. If you have enjoyed this program, please consider making a donation, either through the Patreon account, which covers my general research into local government, or subscribe through Substack. You can also, it turns out, send me a payment through Venmo. There's information on that on a website, which if you know about it, you found it already. If you haven't, send me a note. I like getting notes. I'm Sean Tubbs, your host for this program. I'll be back tomorrow with another installment. Thanks for listening and stay safe out there.